Queen of B, y'all know what I'm, who I am. I have some great people with me today. But first I wanna say, I'm in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. So um, this is for Baltimore, but I, I'm here to see my uh, 80 year old mother to check up on her. And I said, listen, we still gotta be dedicated to Baltimore City. Still gotta do the mission. So I'm in my friend's house on Daniel Allen and we getting it. So y'all gotta have a little grace cause I can't control this environment. Usually in Baltimore, I can control the studio. It's, there's some people around. So if you hear some noise, I'm and you not know you, I know you hear that. I, I know you hear that it's a little echo. echo. You know, I can't control this environment. I'm so blessed to be able to use my friend's space. So have some grace for me today. But um, today I have the Elevate, the Elevate folks from Baltimore Corps. I have Jennifer Clark and I have Nigel Garcia with us. Jennifer, say hi to the people. Hello. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited to share um, and talk to you all today. Excellent. And Nigel, holla at us, Nigel. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Uh, happy to be here. Happy to witness this conversation. It's going to be amazing and great. I love it. He said witness, y'all. That means he's not Right. Say so that. don't ask nothing. Don't don't ask me nothing. <laughs> you, already put us, you already put us on the notice. He's just going to be sitting that. there with the preach face. <laughs> and y'all know G, my partner in crime, producer. Yep, yep. G, you want to holler at the people? Are you good? Hey, I'm good. Y'all already know what it is. Yeah, we all know what it is. <laughs> so we're going to jump right in. This is really serious. I mean, you know, I'm always happy all the time, but this is serious. Baltimore definitely is a place that I love, a place that we all inhabit. And part of that is making it the best place that we all can live in. And part of that is community investment and having, um, having your ear to the community and, and doing things in the community that promote humanity. And so... In steps Baltimore Corps with this Elevation Award. And I thought it was just so important for the community to be exposed to something so amazing for people of color. So today, that's what Jennifer Clark is here to kind of give us a little, the backstory and what Baltimore Corps is and what the Elevation Award is. So the community can actually access that. And um, if they're not ready, it will come, come around again, I'm sure. And so, but. The information is the most important thing. So today we're going to talk about the Elevation Award. So Jennifer, take us in. Okay. All right. So first I'll start with um, Baltimore Corps. So Baltimore Corps is a nonprofit in Baltimore City. Um, our tagline is that we connect talent with opportunity. Um, and this idea came about from our um, founder and CEO, Fagan Harris. So Fagan Harris, um, smart man, graduated from Stanford, went on to be a Rhodes Scholar, moved back to Baltimore and couldn't get a job and was like, like, you have all of these accolades and it's really hard for you to get in. And he was like, this shouldn't happen because if it's happening to me, then it's happening to others. So our flagship program is the fellowship program. And so what we do is we place fellows within the social impact sector um, in Baltimore. So what does that look like? That looks like placing fellows at the, um, at City Hall. So like they do work with the mayor's office. They do work with different departments within um, City Hall. We place fellows within um, the Baltimore City um, Health Department. We've placed, city, we've placed fellows at the police department. We've, closed, we've placed them at local um, nonprofits within the city. And we've, we have also placed them at for-profits like uh, T. Rowe Price. 
Um, and the idea is that we're allowing people to get into these positions that may not have had the opportunity before. And two, we're working to try to make the process for hiring, like, and just some of their processes in general, more equitable, right? So um, some of the things and barriers that we found is like, um, when you're applying and you submit a resume, and just like offhandedly, somebody looks at your resume and they're like, oh, this person graduated from Hopkins, but this person graduated from Coppin. So this person obviously is more qualified than this person that graduated from Coppin. This is not the case, right? Like they, it's equal, like they both have um, a college degree. And we try to eliminate some of those things by granting these fellows these opportunities to be in these places that they wouldn't necessarily have the, the end to, right? Can I, um, so, one second, can we, I want to clarify some terms. Okay. I mean, I think I understand what you mean by fellows. Can you, can you give a clearer definition of what a fellow is or what is, I guess it's a fellowship program or what, and who the, who are the, uh, who qualifies to become a part of the fellowship program since that okay. is still flagship. So I'm going to jump in, but like Nigel was a former um, program manager for the fellowship. So like if I miss anything, please feel free to correct me. Um, so our fellows are ideally for our fellowship program and it's not exclusively for college graduates, but like that's who we tend to, um, to recruit. Um, and then it's no age range. So it could be like you're fresh out of college or it could be like maybe you do a career change or something like that. Um, and so- uh Oh, I see Queen's wheels turning. It's like- You're over here writing. <laughs> Go ahead. It's um, a one-year program. And so in the, um, we offer professional development for um, like, growth within your work field. We also offer um, uh, race and equity training. Um, and I think one of the biggest pieces about the race and equity training that I really appreciate is the fact that there's a huge focus on Baltimore City. And um, I think this, because we have fellows that come from different places, like Baltimore isn't necessarily home for them. And we know that Baltimore gets a really bad rap from like outside of Baltimore. So then it sort of gives them an understanding of why some of the, why Baltimore is in sort of some of the positions that it's in, right? Like how there's like the white L and the black butterfly, like what, like some of the systemic racism and like just like things that have happened in Baltimore and to Baltimoreans, which have resulted in some of um, some of the, the, the ways and ails of our community, right? So like it gives people this understanding around that. And we have um, a really good subject matter expert, Dr. Lawrence Brown, who has, um, been able to deliver some of those trainings. He was a professor at Morgan. He's now with the University of Wisconsin. Um, and he just wrote a book about the Black L as well. And like his, his he breaks it down. Like, especially someone who's not like, I definitively understand like systematic racism, I understand like redlining and all of those pieces, but applying it specifically to Baltimore and then like being here and seeing it like, it's one thing to hear about something. It's another thing to actually see it. Um, he does a really good job of doing that and, and just allowing people 
to ask those questions and to be very open and honest in those conversations. And that's like one of the biggest things that I appreciate about the fellowship. Um, so yeah. again. Let me ask one question. So with the fellowship, because the Elevation Award is for people of color, mm -hmm. is, is that still the same with the fellows? They're people of color or that's open to any college graduate? So the fellowship is open to anyone, but like we have really done, um, and this is to Nigel's credit and um, one of our uh, former um, Baltimore Corps employees, uh, Ms. Sharon, have really tried to work extremely hard in order to specifically go out and recruit those Black um, graduates or just people in like in general, um, in order to be a participant in the fellowship, right? Because we understand, again, going back to what I said about allowing these people to be in these places and spaces that they wouldn't have had the opportunity to. So being very strategic about um, outreach to HBCUs and letting them know about the opportunities here in Baltimore City, right? And even outside of just HBCUs, just being able to reach out to like local colleges and universities to let them know about these opportunities here. So like it is open to everyone. Um, we definitely try to make a point in order to increase our numbers around um, recruiting um, black and brown people um, so that their voices can be heard, especially if we're talking about making places and spaces more equitable, right? Like <laughs> we need to make sure that these people are in those places and spaces. So when, did, sure. when did the Baltimore Corps start? When, when did the program begin? Um, Baltimore Corps was founded in um, 2013. Oh wow! So we're still relatively new, but I think we're we're um, we're moving. Like we're no longer a baby. We're we're you know full on. Um, <laughs> You're like a three year old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're in it. We're a toddler. We're we're breaking stuff down, and and okay. now like I guess more people we're getting more um like more people recognize us and like hear the name and could put different programs and things to places and spaces, I guess. So what were some of the, um, <clears throat> I know that we're gonna get to like the elevation program, which is mm -hmm. yeah, separate yeah. from the, um, the, fellow the fellowship program that, that, the, that Baltimore Corps started with, correct? Yes. Um, is, what was the transition like to start including sort of community focused um, or community leader driven program as opposed to fellowship? What was that transition like to sort of go in that direction? So um, I'll move like, we have the fellowship, we have Public Allies, which is a America program. Um, and then, but next came, uh, fellowship next came the um, Elevation Awards. So Elevation Awards started shortly after 2015 and the uprising, right? So after that, of course, national platform, everyone, everyone all of a sudden has a solution for the problems at Baltimore, in, in Baltimore, right? Like everyone, is going to come in and save us, right? Um, yep. But what happened was when they started doing um, just like outreach and like town halls and conversation, um, one of our funders found out that like people in the community are tired of having um, solutions dictated to them, right? Like you don't live in my community, you don't know what's going on. And I think one of the things that bubbled up was someone was talking about how um, somebody was willing to come into their community and build this um, rec center, right? Great idea. Kids need somewhere to like play. 
rec center was going to be in the middle of nowhere. There was no access to this rec center. Like you couldn't get there public transportation. Like it wasn't gonna be able to offer things that like the community really needed. Why do we need a rec center in our community in which we cannot even get to? Like that doesn't make sense. And so like after the funders and stuff heard this, they were like, oh wow, maybe, light bulb, maybe the people in the community actually really know what they need for their community, right? So like, let's listen to them. And so like, that's when they were like, well, what can we do in order to help them out in, um, in a way in which like their voices are heard? And that's where the Elevation Awards came from. Um, and it's a $10,000 seed grant given to community leaders who are doing great work in the community. And um, outside of just receiving the $10,000 seed grant, it's a 10 month program in which you also get um, business acumen training, right? Because what happens is a lot of times people are so into doing um, whatever the work is that they don't know the stuff in the back end, right? Like they don't know what it looks like to build out a budget. They don't know what it looks like to create a business plan. They don't know what like, how to get additional funding, right? Like I got this $10,000, what does it look like in order to apply for grants and get additional funding? Um, and so like we decided to add that piece to the um, $10,000 grant and working, really working in order to help build out these programs and move them forward. Um, and so I know some people always ask like what does success look like for me after the program is done? And for me, it doesn't necessarily mean that a person goes on to get um, millions of dollars worth of funding, right? For me, it could be that this person realized that maybe this wasn't something that they needed to do by themselves. Maybe it was something that they realized would be stronger if they partnered with another organization that's already doing great work. Or maybe they come to the realization that like, I don't need to be an entrepreneur, social entrepreneur. Like the, the work is hard. Like I'm already working a nine to five. I have kids and family to take care of. I can't do this. I'm, I'm gonna back out. But there isn't a lot of places, like there, there isn't a lot of people that are willing to take a risk on black people and brown people um, and give them $10,000 to fail. Right, like most of the time, like 95% of the time, we have one time to get it right. And if we don't get it right that first time, then there's no more going back to the table. And that's where the Elevation Awards is here. Of course, we don't wanna say that like we're giving you $10,000 to fail, but we are giving you room to figure it out. And if at the end of it, you figured out that this isn't for you, then like, no loss on our part at least you know like if you want to come back and i'm i'm with you the whole time like i have people from the first cohort that i work with that i still talk to which is miss mary um from unique fabrics like i'm still in contact with her so it and she's successful um but i'm just saying like there aren't a lot like you can come back and say like hey jennifer and somebody has somebody was like hey i finished this program like i'm rethinking my idea can i talk about these things with you can we work through something yes you can like and we have this space there's no hurt feelings or anything like that it's just you know um this is what we hope to achieve with with this money and this funding well you segue into something because you know being black we're like well is this money gonna be a 1099? I mean, where, you know, what is this money about? You know, no one gives us money. <laughs> so, you know, it's amazing that, 
Mr. Harris can come into this to Baltimore and create something. It's, it's very um, innovative, you know, to see businesses that normally get no seating. Uh, we do a lot, a lot of our social entrepreneurship is self-funded, mm-hmm. you know, and people are hustling to try to help, the, help their own community because they know the need. And to have a program that says, listen, we're going to give you mentorship. We're going to give you some resources. And if you don't particularly finish the goal, you're still good with us. <laughs> and that's amazing, you know? So um, I think that is a lot of community programs out. Well, a lot of people doing their own little community things in their neighborhood and they need this type or in their community, they need this type of um, infusion, I would call it. It's like, it's like a, you know, you go into a store and somebody say, okay, I'm gonna give you $10. <laughs> And you just shop till you drop, <laughs> you know. So listen, that, you're gonna drop pretty stuff. quick. <laughs> you're gonna drop pretty quick if it's just. Yeah, I'm talking about the corner stuff. <laughs> right, you can get a corner whole bunch of like, um. You get tacos. So tropical island. It's it's almost very amazing that um how I want to know how is this funding procured? Is this grant granted to you guys? Is this how you guys get funding to give money away? not money away, but seed other businesses. So um, I guess like back to the conversation with the funders, the funders understand that it's, um, that I guess we're sort of the pass through whatever in order. So we get funded in order to fund other programs. And this isn't, so you don't definitively have to end here and be a 501c3 or get your LLC or what have you. But in order to get this money, you need to have a fiscal sponsor or you need to have a 501c3. Like we not cutting you no checks. Like that's like and there is a pass through, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta it's gotta go so right. it's gotta go through a fiscal sponsor. Right. So kind of um, because you know when folks hear 10k, 10 G's, they're like, yes, you know, I can get this, this, this. So fiscal sponsor, kind of explain what does that do? What how does that help someone's business a fiscal sponsor so um <laughs> fiscal sponsors so there well, are like the money right you know because folks are like what is that you know? okay so a fiscal sponsor has the um the 501c3 so like they have the tax credit so ideally what happens is if you're a smaller nonprofit, you're going to apply for a grant um, funders or foundations, uh, much like us, are not going to specifically cut you a check. They're going to cut your program a check. And in mm-hmm. order for you to receive those funds, the person who's receiving it has to have a 501c3, which is, you know, non-taxable. Um, and so what happens is with a, with a fiscal sponsor, your foundation funder or whatever cuts you the money, the money goes to your fiscal sponsor and your fiscal sponsor, like ideally you have a relationship with them in which like you're talking to them around like, hey, I need X, Y, and Z dollars in, in order to do A, B, and C. They either cut the check to you in order to do said things or maybe they're the ones that are making the payment or how, however that works. But like also they're the ones that are responsible for taking care of like all of the tax information, right? Like uh, a good fiscal sponsor should be able to, like you should be able to sit down and have a conversation with them around like, hey, I'm thinking about, or I need funding for this, whatever. Like a good fiscal sponsor should be able to say like, hey, you should look at 
these grants and like they have those kind of um, relationships. Um, and then they should also be able to, some of them will be able to provide some sort of programming or maybe like technical assistance. Um, and it should be a sort of like a transition-ish kind of stage that like you're with this fiscal sponsor until you feel like you are strong enough in order to move on to like getting your own 501c3 if that's something that you see um, in your future. So they're like your back office. Yes. Yeah, so you go, it's like your human resources. You go get, go talk to them and then you go to finance mm -hmm. and then they cut the check to whatever you're doing. One of the, <laughs> um, one of the uh, another benefit in dealing with fiscal sponsors is also the network effect. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a network effect because um, you have, uh, you build relationships with other people who are also a part of that sponsorship network. Similar to the way sponsoring you, they're sponsoring see, other. Yeah, there are other programs, and a lot of times you can find synergies and opportunities to collaborate and kind of access resources with each other, and kind of there's a lot of collaboration potential uh, in that. Similar to the way you know within cohorts of fellows or awardees, a lot of times there are programs that can collaborate or share information or. There's a lot of kind of opportunities for collective action in larger networks like that. So um, you need a fiscal sponsor to pass through the $10,000, right? So Or be a 5013C yourself. Or, or, or have a 5013C. Or have, okay. And you guys are on, this is your third cohort that, you, that we're getting ready to, that you guys are getting ready to do, or your second? This is the it's fifth. fifth. Mm, you, you're not a toddler. <laughs> you, Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer has been here for three years, correct? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So this is your fifth call. So you really, you guys are getting really um, a fine-tuned machine with this one. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm. What are some so, of the criteria? Uh, I'm sorry. Huh? I'm sorry, Queen. I, I, I didn't mean <laughs> so to step on you. Like, like the requirements for are, are there certain? Right. We were asking the same question. Part of, or do you? <laughs> do you have like standards of who you would want to be a part of these cohorts and how many okay. at one? So 10, we're taking 10 um, people this mm -hmm. time. Okay. Um, and so requirements, you have to be 18 years of age or older. Um, you have to be a Baltimore city resident. Have Got to be it. a resident of Baltimore city. Um, yes have to so your project has to have roots in baltimore city it doesn't mean that baltimore city is the only place you work but like we want you to like that's why we picked you is to grow and to work in communities in baltimore city um okay. so that's a thing um you don't already have to have worked on the project this could just be an idea maybe you see something um and you're like, hey, I noticed my community really needs this. And then you create the proposal or whatever and present it. Um, so you don't already have to have been working on it. Um, let me see what else. You have to be, a per you have to identify as a person of color, black. Um, That's what I was gonna ask you. Gotta be some color coming through that door. <laughs> okay. There we go. Um, and I think that's it. That's it. Like you, 
Yeah. We'll help you with, with the other stuff. Like if you don't already have a fiscal sponsor, like we'll help you with that process. Um, yeah, I think th those are the main things. Those are the main things. Ooh, those, are, those are big things. I don't think ever I've heard of a program like this. Never. That I've heard of. Maybe, maybe there is one, but I've never heard of a funder for people of color and um, you get an actual tangible money to utilize it towards your, to, to whatever you want to apply it. That's amazing to me. I'm like, I'm stoked. Yeah. All right. So, so we've got a fiscal sponsor. You're going to have 10 in this cohort, people of color, um, Baltimore City resident. That's, that's really important. And, and your program has to help Baltimore City, right? Yes. Got it. Got it. So how long, you said it's 10 months, 11 months. How long, what is the, the process of actually being in a cohort? So you're chosen, what should you expect? Okay, so one, and this is a question that's on the application. Like it's very clear that we want you to participate in this cohort experience. We picked you to work with other people um, only because what you'll figure out very quickly is if you are a social entrepreneur, um, I'd have to say like roughly around 95% of the people that I work with also have nine to five jobs, right? So if you're thinking you're working a nine to five, you're starting this project or this work, right? And then like you're, you have a family, um, like you're, it's going to come to a point within these, this time frame where you're going to hit a wall. Um, I'm here to help you and to support you as much as I can, but um, I'm not a social entrepreneur and I also um, don't have no kids. So I don't know what that struggle is. <laughs> I've heard it, That's I, I've heard that, but <laughs> apparently the struggle is real when they dare 24 hours a day. <laughs> so, there's a piece of like bonding and like something to say about being able to pick up the phone and say, girl, like I am at my wits end. I don't know if I can push through on this grant and having somebody else that understands exactly where you are and to be like, you know what, girl, you got this. I can, you know, I'll review it. I'll look over it with you or I'll help talk to you. So the cohort experience is really good in that piece as far as like the support and also a piece of like the partnership, right? Like back to, um, there's a synergy that happens between our participants. Um, like I was just on a call with um, a former awardee who's a social worker, but then other awardees were there too. So it's like, oh, I know that you work on this specific project, you could also help and come and, and talk to my people about the work that you're doing and vice versa, right? Like there's a piece of partnership that comes along with it, which is really important in working in Baltimore City because there um, isn't a lot of, so maybe there, there could be a lot of money, but like the money isn't always equally dispersed. And people in Baltimore, some funders are more inclined to fund projects that have a partnership pieces to it right. than they right. are to go out and fund just and one specific project. So those pieces are like really huge. Like they want to co-sign. They want that co-sign. Yes. They want to see how y'all working together. 
if you're doing this project on the west side and somebody's doing this project on the east side, like how can y'all meet in the middle and work and, and bring it together? You'll find that sometimes people trade kids like if you're in this program and you're doing this piece, oh, this person in my cohort is doing a program with this. Oh, you need kids? Oh, I have kids for you. You you know what I'm saying? So it's like this cohesive thing. And that's something that you get from being in the cohort and that that experience. And that also benefits the youth. Um, partnerships among youth folks, youth-based programs is really powerful because it creates a variety of experiences for the young people. They don't have just one thing that they have to do. They have an opportunity to sort of have a, you know, have a range of different programs and activities and things of that nature to participate in. So that it, it helps on the program level. And it also helps on the level of the communities being served because you're offering like a wraparound uh, experience, you know, yeah. in terms of what you have to offer. And when is when do you have to have your uh, application in for the Elevation Award? Because I saw and it said ten twenty one. So what is the actual date? The thirtieth. You have until October thirtieth. Okay. The application okay. is super super easy to complete. Um, <laughs> I yeah, like it shouldn't take you longer than maybe thirty minutes to complete it. You've been for five years, please. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. It's, oh, use, it's just a very okay. simple, very straightforward application. Yes, yeah. it is straight. We're not trying to trick you. Okay, so the 30th is the last day. Mm -hmm. So what is the process? Because I saw something that said like you have to do a pitch. Is it you have to do a pitch or how is this process? So you submit your application. Your application first round goes to a community of reviewers. Um, okay. So after um, they review the first time, it gets a second look and then w through community reviewers. And then the third round comes to, um, it's an interview piece. And so in, in normal terms, we would ask you to come in and present to us or like pitch your idea to us. Now, of course, it's gonna be a virtual situation where you pitch and then um, we you know, let you know uh, yay or nay and then in January um, we announce who we pick and then program starts at the end of January so in the beginning of January you learn and then the end of January we have our welcome orientation and then your first actual training starts in February okay so pre-COVID you would come to you would come and pitch or so now is this next next cohort going to be all virtual how are you guys so it's all going to be virtual now so are all are are there some applications that are kind of eliminated in those rounds or is every or is every application doing a pitch you asked a question of a question say what i said you asked a question on top of a question <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get you both. All right. So, is this going to be virtual? Yes, unfortunately, and fortunately, in order to protect everyone's health and safety, we will be virtual. I know that that takes away. Um, it takes a lot out of programming and just meeting and being in the same place and space. It's like a certain energy that you get from being around people. Um, but until we figure out what's going on um, with the world, we can't. We can't do that. Um, so. Okay. This year will be virtual. Um, and then the 
Oh shoot! What was that? So you had already answered no. So so you had already answered the question about virtual. So that's why I asked another question. But oh. anyway, what I was saying was, are all applications? Do all applications pass through to the presentations phase? Because you you yeah. you select. So at each stage, you select. Um, yeah. Some, you know, kind some, of, some of them get cut. Like there's a cut in every round, right? Okay. Like, so the finalists take the time to complete the application. I can't have you coming in to present. Like oh, this is like American Idol. You got stages. Yeah. Right, right. Lisa, when you get to the pitch stage, you better have a band. Right. So, so the so that's like the final. That's the the. It's like finalists more or less. That yeah, it's like pitch. American Idol, bro. Right. You know, you gotta come two, three times. Come for you, okay? That'd be Fantasia. When you when you come to me, you got. You gotta be ready to kick off them shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I okay, I get it, I get it. Oh, that's that's different. Okay, so I didn't know it was like stage like that. Well, it's levels. Listen, it's no, levels. Someone's investing in you. You gotta you gotta show that that you have the you know the stuff to make it happen. You gotta bring the sauce. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Nigel, you really said that you was gonna um, shake your head the whole time. Really, bro. Okay. Uh, what you gonna say about Baltimore? Say something. Uh, Jennifer is crushing it right now. One thing I want to add though about our talent recruitment and okay. how strategy has grown, we have grown past just recruiting from colleges. You understand? Um, we also focus on like black professional networks as well, and there's other networks as well. Um, our team did a really good job building like our internal talent application system that's really trying to highlight not your degrees or certificates, but like your actual experience doing something. So yes, we want college kids, college graduates, college alumni, but we also want people who've been professionals in the work doing it, who can just back up what they've been doing. That's all I want to highlight. And that's for fellows. That's, that's, listen, that's for guys, the fellowship. Not for the elevation. That's, that's for the fellowship. fellowship. And then yeah, for you're college, Yeah, you're looking for college graduates, but you have actually opened your network past just going to schools. You're looking at and um, organizations and things like that. Yeah. But can you be a fellow and an elevator? Or, you know, not, I didn't change, I'm gonna change the name, or elevator, a validationer? Uh, not, <laughs> uh, not at the same time, right? Um, not so like future. One or the other, but <laughs> you have no problem if you, your first year, you did the fellowship, completed that, and then the second year, you know, you're a black person, and you're like, all right, I got a social idea. We have no problem for you applying for any of our programs for as many years, but you can't do two programs at the same time in the same year. Got it, got it, got it, got it. We've had, uh, we had Kanav who did the fellowship and then he became an awardee. And then we had Jackie who was an awardee and then became a fellow. Yep. Oh, okay. And so the fellowship is something, I mean, because fellowships usually pay. So this is something that they're being paid by the, by the time. Yeah, by whatever organization they're working with, not by us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> out of that chocolate, I get it. <laughs> so the organization that they have the fellowship with, this is they pay the people for a year. Yep, pay a competitive wage, um, okay. provide health insurance and benefits oh. as well, right? Um, not trying to have anyone doing this work for free or for like, you know, slave or sweatshop wages, you understand? So. You came hard, Nigel. I like that. 
Got it, got it. Okay. So that's amazing. Um, health benefits, excellent. So really, like someone could be on their job and say, you know, I want to, I want to do something different and kind of do a fellowship and get introduced and still have a pretty good wage and, and benefits while they're doing that. Hmm. You got to be nice with it though. You, you heard he's saying like, you know. I already heard. <laughs> he said that on the slide. Don't come in there without your shoes off. Half stepping. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Okay. So um the community the black community um we definitely need these type of infusions i'm i'm really like wanting i want to know fagan harris i'm like what how did this happen you know how do you how did no one ever think to do something like this you know like find this these type of they're like bridges you know you know small bridges he's making towards um either innovation or social entrepreneurship it's a bridge that normally you don't have right and it's help that we normally don't have so his brainchild is amazing so it's also something else i saw kiva kyver kiva this kiva right? so kiva is an international nonprofit however in america they have different hubs um, and mm -hmm. we have, we house a hub in baltimore so kiva is an up to $15,000 loan it's a micro loan and it's an interest-free loan. And the idea is that um, instead of using traditional under underwriting um, ways, they don't do that. It's it's sort of like you're using your network in order to um, get this loan because it's it's done through crowdfunding, right? So first you start off in private and that's when you're um, leveraging your network. And so the idea is if your network would support you and loan to you, then other people would be willing to do the same. And so after you are on our um, in private, then we promote you to public. And then once you get on the public platform, that's international. So like anybody anywhere could loan towards your business. Um, and what you're working on. And again, that came back to the idea that it's really hard for black people, brown people, women, um, and to get funding from traditional institutes in order to do this work. Um, and so we have really been lucky. I, I believe our statistic this year, somewhere around, we have been able to fund maybe 83% women. And then I think it's somewhere in the 90s for um, Blacks. So like they've been able to use a Kiva loan during this time um, in order to help whatever they need help with. And that's a loan. So like that you have to pay back, just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> so it's up to 15,000 with no um, interest. Mm -mm. And it's a loan, so you have to. I'm sure there's requirements mm -hmm. underwrite that type of thing. Okay, My, like micro lending, really. Right? It is. It is yeah. micro lending. It's micro lending. Okay. Oh, and your um, credit score doesn't affect your chances to get a loan. Oh, you just you just blew up the Zoom call on that. One. <laughs> you just blew it up. Black and no credit score, you blew things up, bro. Really. It's wow. not it's not evaluated in the same way that Wells Fargo would evaluate your credit score. So yeah, she cleaned it up. He said right. it didn't matter. She said uh, it's not evaluated. It, it, it so. matters, right? Right. <laughs> it matters, yo. <laughs> right. 
but uh, it's not evaluated the same. You got to be. Yeah. You got to be good in your. You got to be good in the hood. <laughs> you got to be good with your people. You know, you got to know how to define evaluate. Right. <laughs> got it. Got it. So that, that makes sense. But listen again. On on a normal, that's not something that I I know that we have as as black and brown people to ac access to. So fifteen thousand dollars can change your business. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't go through um, the fiscal sponsor. No, no, no. That's this, this is see. That's even better. They do. Um, they do work with PayPal. So, um, and I think that's where they they come off with the interest-free piece because it's a partnership with PayPal. So every the payments and stuff are set up through PayPal. Um, but yes, that's how you you'll get your money. You get approved. You get your money. Mm. And I think, um, somewhere. Well, because of COVID, it's been a delay in like when you're required to start paying back. Um, but yes. So also it's the, it's the idea around like you are inclined to pay this loan back because you are essentially borrowing money from, from your friends. Your and network. Family, yeah. Right? And like the idea is that like you, they believed in you. So like theoretically you want to give them their money back. Right. Yeah. You got one time not to. <laughs> you got one time. <laughs> right, right, right. Really, she saying, y'all. <laughs> don't be out here messing up. Like, don't, don't be play yourself. With us, what, what's, yeah. What's one of the um? What's one of the biggest challenges that you've? Uh, I mean, I know working under these circumstances with COVID, outreach can be a challenge in terms of meeting people and getting the word out and really um yeah finding people who are raising awareness about the opportunities what are some of the big challenges that you've had to overcome specifically in recruiting for this cohort and how, how have you addressed some of those mm -hmm. nigel you want to take that since you recruitment um i think to be honest Call it what it is. We are in a pandemic right now and it's providing a lot of stress on people's personal lives, right? So one of the challenges is that kind of narrative of like, can you still execute this idea that you had a couple of months ago, right? Is it still appropriate? Do you still have the capacity and the time to um, pour into this idea and project and grow what you were trying to do? So that's one of the main challenges, you know, people are dealing with a lot right now. So do they have, unfortunately, do they have the luxury to follow this and support the community and support their dream? Um, out there when we recruit and when I'm like talking to people, I say, yes, if you have the mental capacity to do it, do it, right? We're always gonna have some type of emergency breathing down our neck and things are just gonna get worse and worse. Nothing's gonna be perfect. Plus to Jennifer's point, I also highlight that cohort model, right? You're not gonna be in there alone. You're gonna have yeah. a room of like nine other people in Baltimore doing this work, going through the same thing you're going through. You're gonna have Jennifer who's like uh, professionalism, intelligence, and like empathy is gonna help kind of bring you along. So yeah, it's a tough time right now. So that's the hardest thing is like getting people to think like, yeah, we're going through it right now, right? But let's push forward as much as you can. Like, please, let's try. So that's the hardest thing to try to convince people to do. To what degree do uh, like former um, sort of graduates of the program, 
to what degree do they refer like other potential? Like, is there a, a lot of word of mouth going on among the fellows and the, the past participants in the program? Mm -hmm. um, they're pretty good about reaching out and sharing the opportunity with their network. Um, I know after her year, um, Shauna took to Facebook and did like 10 reasons why everybody, oh, I'm sorry, Shauna Murray Brown, um, 10 reasons why you should apply for the Elevation Awards type situation. Um, so yeah, like it, it, people, people are trying, they're definitely, they're my cheerleaders. So if I send them out to say like, hey, I know like Miss Mary, like if you ask her, like she'll be the first one to say like, oh yes, you should apply. And I'm sending- I think she worked for you guys. I'm like, Miss Mary, do you work for um, Bob McCool? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> And Antoine, they love you guys. Oh yeah, Antoine, you know. Yeah. Antoine yes. is a part of the is a part of the Black Box family. He's a Black Boxer. Yeah, that's my brother. That's the okay. man right here. Yeah, Antoine. <laughs> yeah, that's my man. You can't say nothing about Antoine, but Antoine he Riley L. So highly about McCor, you know, and Miss Mary definitely, you know. So that's my mentor. But anyway. Uh, what I do want to know, a lot of people want to know, you know, you have this idea, you want to bring it to the world, you want to change Baltimore, but it's for you guys. That's really in the idea. It's, it's, it's me and then three others. Can this be like a team concert or it has to be this one? Because you said one person. You can have like, can you have a team or, you know what I'm saying? How does that work if four people are really doing it, but it's one point person. How does that work? So um, it can work. We've had people that come through that were um, a collective. I don't know if you've heard of like Mirror Kitchen Collective, their Elevation Awardees. Um, the food spot, okay, okay. Yeah, so they yeah. came in with a collective, um, but so yes, you can have a whole team behind you. However, if you queen are the one that fills out this application and you're the one that submits it, then you are the one that's being held accountable. You are the one that needs to show up for these meetings, these monthly meetings and trainings. You are the one that are scheduling, you're scheduling the check-ins with me. And so, and this has happened before, if something happens and you start beefing with the people that you're working with and they like, nah, uh, she she wrote this proposal and she got this money for us, but like, we don't really like her like that. And we still want this money. Guess what? The money follows you. So you wow. will still get the money. And that, that very much so happened. Somebody wrote a proposal, came in, interviewed, and they were kind of the face. And then all of a sudden, a month or two into the program, they were like, we don't really want you to do this anymore. We want somebody else to come in and do it. And we were like, it doesn't work like that. She's the one that is she signed the contract like she's the one that's held liable like she's the one that's getting the money and so um that's that's the way it works so i would just say like whoever you're working with make sure that it's somebody that you um like trust and like it's a, like relationship type situation because um whoever's name is is up there is the one that's up there so what, what about if it's a team and like they have a pitch, that the pitch competition, can they come in and sing a quartet? I mean, 
<laughs> what's going to happen at, at the pitch? What if they all start dancing and they all dance together? Oh, that one person <laughs> has to be the person. I mean, if, if it's like the pitch and like y'all all need to work together and if it's like cohesive at the end, I mean, you do what you need to do. But I'm telling you, through that 10-month process, I don't, every time we come to meet, I don't want it to be somebody else. And I'm, I'm like, well, I just told so-and-so this is what we got to work on. And now y'all not even talking. So how right. does this work? <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, that's something to think about, you know, when you have a team. So you, you have to know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. So there's one point person, okay, the fall guy. Yeah, sure. that's how I was going down. Lee Majors. <laughs> so as the cohorts have gone on do they come back and work together with other cohorts or how, how is it or is everybody separate how does that work when it comes to elevation um so oh, this year is like um a good year to talk about somebody from our first cohort is actually um working with two people from our current cohort and like mm -hmm. they have come together and like a funder is funding um a development person for them so like also all of the programs are centered around youth development so it was like a real synergy there um we definitely are working this year in order to like and i've tried to push it in the past um like old older cohort members will come back and do like a panel discussion and it's like y'all can talk and like network and and talk about that and then like there's I try to create those opportunities for spaces so that old cohort members can come and meet the new cohort members and like they can do that piece. I do admit I could do better at that. Um, but I'm, I'm working. I'm, I'm trying. That's like 50 people. You've always had 10. So is it a, always been 10? No, or, this is oh, a, it had smaller. Okay. The, the first time it was, um, so when we started, our first cohort started off with four. They were like, oh, this is a really good idea. In the middle of the cohort, they added four more people. So our first wow. cohort finished with eight. And then the eight. second cohort, when I started and Miss Mary's cohort, it was 12. And then they, we grew to 15. And I was like, ah, this is, it seems That's a lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> then we had to dial back to 10. Um, and so like, we find that 10 is like a really good number. So um, I think we're gonna keep the 10. Okay, that's a, that's a good round number. So, okay, so we've done, hmm. uh, this is very interesting, very interesting. I know some, so many people who would be great candidates that, uh, for, for something like that. I, I mean, so many, <laughs> you know, Roscoe been in the neighborhood for 10 years, <laughs> giving the kids snowballs. <laughs> Roscoe <laughs> to sign up. We yeah, Roscoe need to holler at the elevation. Yeah. <laughs> elevation. I mean, because the kids look forward to that. So I, I just know a lot of people. I'm just, I'm just sure I had a fly. I'm like, y'all need to y'all need to call the people. You need to go see them. So that's that's really interesting. So what are your expectations? Like, okay, af after you've done this cohort, and so are there no expectations for the build out or when it because you said that a person can actually like I want to do this you know this is not what I want to do so is there really no expectations or can they should they be able to do something with because they got ten thousand dollars so the expectation I wonder about that is um so I guess one thing um some of the people and I guess this should be clear while you will get awarded that money during the year there isn't a rush for you to spend that money within the ten months. 
So like we're done in October and like, okay. I don't expect all of my awardees to have like run through that $10,000, especially for the people that just came to me with just an idea. So like they're starting their pilot year after they're done with the award year, right? So from there, it's like, they're gonna get a chance to like do whatever, spend whatever, grow whatever. And they're still, they still have that $10,000 to, to use, or I, I don't know, however much money they have in order to like use that. So I do want people to be very thoughtful and strategic around the way that they're spending their money. And there isn't, um, so that there's not a rush around like, oh, I, I need to hurry up and finish this. Um, and so I guess for me, the expectation, yes, there's a very small percentage of people that go on and say like, this isn't for me. Um, but like the idea is that, and this happens, is that people reach back and say like, I need help with X, Y, and Z, or I'm going to apply to this um, accelerator or, or incubator, right? So like people go on to do the social innovation lab at Johns Hopkins, right? People go on to do OSI and become OSI fellows. People go on to do Echo and Green um, and become Echo and Green fellows. Like people go on to do these additional things. Like we are very much like the foundational level for a lot of people. Um, and also like, I do want people to be comfortable enough to reach back and say like, hey, we had this training on X, Y, and Z, like I still need help around this, you know, like what can you do or who do you know in the network that's gonna be able to help you out? So like you talk about um, a Miss Mary or Antoine, like always reaches back to say like, hey, I have this meeting with this funder, like I need y'all to, to come with me to this meeting, whatever, and like somebody's there in order to support them. So however you need support after you get done with your program year, like we're, we're still there. Um, there is an expectation that you learn and that you grow um, at some capacity. I guess for me, I'm just not, um, I'm a former educator. So like I wasn't definitively sold on all of the data between you having like an A in the class. Like a big piece for me was like watching you grow and learn as a person. And like, that's an important skill for me. Like I definitely want you to know how to count to five but like, if you, if you also are like a good person after you leave me, then like, that's just as important. And that's something that, that they're not definitively collecting data on. Right. Yeah. yeah. Seeds are, seeds are like that. Like seeds have their, every seed has a different gestation period. And a lot of times if a program is effective, the ideas that you have at the end of that 10 months will be very different than what or they may be extremely much more informed than you had at the beginning. And so you would expect that you might need to step back and retool and reimagine. And so a lot of times it's difficult to anticipate the timeframes for things like that. Um, and it's, and I think it's, it's, I think it's um, smart to think about sort of the, the arc of the person's work outside of the range of the specific idea that they had in the beginning. So there's a lot of reasons why things don't continue. Sometimes, things are effective for a period of time and they address what they were meant to address. Like some things are successful that they don't, and you don't need to just keep doing that. You, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. We did that, that work. That was good. You know, we, we, you know, now we need to think about something else. So I'm glad that you are not so tight in terms of the way that you are, um, uh, the way that you are kind of assessing the success of the people in the program. Yeah. Hmm. You know, Nigel, are you an educator? Unfortunately, I am not an educator. Me neither. You see how when the educators get together, 
You yep. just have to just sit back and let them educate. You, you, you hear them, right? I'm not yeah. an educated man. That's why I'm just like, okay, maybe I shouldn't say too much because <laughs> they're, they're educating us. So it's amazing. I love it. So since you guys are making people cohort friendly, so they can go to all of these cohorts throughout the, throughout the city, when, when do you get, so when you say you're a wardy and you're in January, at the beginning of January, the person, you're, you have this and you're going to be a part of the next cohort. Is you, do you immediately get the 10,000 or you have to wait for the 10 months? How does that money come to you or come to the, the uh, fiscal sponsor? Let me get it together because it's not coming to, to you. <laughs> How does that happen? I like to say that come January, you get that check, but back to lessons learned. Ooh. Can't you be cutting that check all early, will and nilly, right? Because it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> they quit on January, on February 1st. Everybody quit. She <laughs> is out. Um, no. So like, throughout the process, I've learned, and this is this isn't in, um, intended to be like punitive. This is definitely in, intended for them to to build them. Um, I have implemented now like a grant reporting process. And so like now the money is broken up and you get four payments. And um, so there are like requirements that are attached to like the, um, the payments, right? And it's that accountability piece. I think ultimately a lot of things that I found out from the people that have been participants in, in the program is like, yes, they appreciate the $10,000, but what they appreciate more is like the accountability. They appreciate right. the stuff that they learned in these trainings. They appreciate mm -hmm. being connected to the network. They appreciate the coaching sessions that they've had with me. Like these are all things that have been beneficial to them. And for some people, they feel like it's been more beneficial than actually the $10,000. So the grant reporting piece isn't, isn't again, to be punitive. It's a matter of like, I am preparing you because I feel that after you leave me in the event that you get ready to apply for additional grants. It's gonna be some reports. It's gonna be some reporting. And it's not, it's, you know, you need to get- Yeah, you need to learn today. You gonna learn today. You gonna learn that we- <laughs> So there are benchmarks. Right. And definitely there will be some reporting on your behavior or your movement within the program mm -hmm. and you don't want to have a conversation with me because the first time it's like okay the second time is like listen <laughs> we all got stuff going on i'm i'm gonna need, i'm gonna need my report <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna need that math let me see what that math wow. look like <laughs> So you know, always smiling. You like, listen, I'm gonna need that report. So, oh, she so can still smile. Like four times during the ten months to you. It's only three times. Like the first time, um, your first payment is only tied to like your participation, like and and you securing that fiscal sponsor. So. Um, uh, the first payment I believe went out in March. So like that was tied to like, you attended our orientation, you re attended our first training, you submitted everything that I needed for fiscal sponsorship. So here is like, good job. Here's the first check. And then yeah. moving forward, it's like, I need to see like what you've been working on. Um, like your like it's a narrative that you have to write. And, and these are all things that, um, like we started implementing in the into the program um just from feedback from other cohorts to say like after i got done with y'all we had to write all these grant reports and i ain't know how to do it yeah but they know how to do it yeah yeah so you you, you guys are teaching 
you know, teaching how to go through the process. Cause there's a lot, like I'm hearing you said that like you have social innovation. I didn't know all of these social innovation lab. You said you said something about green. Being so green. Then you say something about green lab, echo green or something. So echo all and these green. Other so Fagan was an echo and green fellow. Um, Brittany Young, an echo and green fellow. Cole, who owns Doveco, um, echo and green fellow. Oh, okay. Sarah Hemminger, who is over Thread, is an Echo and Green Fellow. Atira Griffin, who is over Bond, um, she's an Echo and Green Fellow. Um, Michelle Obama is an Echo and Green Fellow. So to think that like eventually you can be in the company of Michelle, so like that's your network. <laughs> you lead with that. I know Michelle. Oh, for real? No. <laughs> it's green and an echo. That's what's up. So I, I do want to um, bring up really quickly just kind of as a quick recap of the program uh, or, or the elevation award what it's about and some of the key uh points we have a few people that came in a little bit late and they're asking questions in the chat so if you can just if we can just do like a quick roundup of what the elevation award is who is who is targeted towards and what are some of the key dates and points to consider Okay, so um, the Elevation Awards is a $10,000 seed grant given to community leaders who are doing great work in the community. Um, it, the applications are currently open. They are open until October 30th. Um, after October 30th, we'll go through the selection process. The award year starts in January, January 2021, and runs through October 2021. And throughout that time, you will receive training centered around building your business acumen. So trainings around accounting and creating budgets, training around um, business, creating a business plan, um, branding and marketing, all of those things. Um, there's a monthly check-in, minimum monthly check-in with a, your coach, which is me. Um, and the requirements for the program is you have to be a Baltimore City resident. You have to um, be at least 18 years of age or older. Your program has to have roots in Baltimore City. Um, and you have to be a person of color. All right. Thank you so much for that really quick and recap. And uh, on Thursday, October 29th at 6 p.m., you all are cordially invited to our um, EA showcase, our Elevation Award showcase slash pitch competition. And there you would get the opportunity to meet or see and hear um, from our current Elevation awardees um, who will be pitching their project. So this is the end of their um, their year. And so they'll be pitching their projects to you all, They're to everyone, to our network. So the folks who in 2020, mm -hmm. they're gonna pitch. Oh, they're to just virtually. Are they pitching to actual funders or? Um, so we've invited our whole network. So there is a chance that there will be funders on um, live there. Mm -hmm. And there's also an, uh, you win. So like um, if you win the pitch competition, you get $3,000. Second place is um, $1,500 and third place is $500. So. Wow, a little Shark Tankish. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm like, listen, I really appreciate this, uh, this talk. I mean, um, 
we at Black Box Red, we want to disseminate information. That, that's number one. So for the community to hear something like this is, is revolutionary because we don't get this type of language where someone is willing to fund our ideas and kind of build us while we fund while it's being funded. Um, even though you have to perform in some way, it's, it's a blessing to hear something like this is out here. So whatever you guys are doing, come back, tell us, let's market it with you. Let's talk about it so we can post it and give, you know, and, and kind of disseminate this type of information. So can, more people can actually know what's that they can, their dreams can, can definitely be funded in Baltimore. And also, you know? it is, also it's a great opportunity for us to meet some of the other, some of your past, um, uh, the Elevation Awardees uh, projects yes. to for us to learn more about the work that they're doing and to yes. kind of to provide the platform for them to get the word out and to kind of educate our community about the issues that they are addressing in the community so that we can all grow through that process as well. Exactly. So. You know, they can pitch, but they definitely can come and talk and tell us what they're doing so the people in the community can access their programs because mm -hmm. a lot of folks just don't know. Well, let us know. We yeah, have, let's, we have let's do it. I mean, I, I like this. I, I love hearing these type of things in the community. And it's amazing. You know, when Antoine um, kind of ran it by me, I'm like, what is that? You know, it, and it has the name Elevation. You already think of like something's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I love that name. So um, Jennifer and Nigel, we absolutely appreciate your time. Um, Take us out, Jennifer, tell us, um, talk to the people, but we appreciate you guys coming tonight. Um, Nigel, you want to say anything but shake your head and smile, bruh? Um, <laughs> please apply for Elevation Awards, all right? We need your energy, we need your ideas, and Jennifer is greatest thing since sliced bread. So, there you go. Love it, love it. Jennifer, your outtake with the, with the Black Box Radio. Yes, thank you again for this opportunity to come back. Hopefully this this was my first time. It will not be my last. Excellent. And so if you are listening, please, please, please apply. Applications are open until no, um, October 30th. There's no such thing as like a bad idea or you being too scared. Just do it. It's it's very easy application process. Um, just apply. Um, yeah, and it's $10,000 seed grant and like we will work with you and build you up. And again, if you want to see um, and hear from some of our former awardees, our current cohort, they are pitching on Thursday, October 29th, starting at six o'clock. Um, our keynote speaker is Miss uh, Brittany Young from B360. She was in our first Elevation Award cohort and she has gone on to do some very great things in the city of Baltimore, um, specifically around STEM and dirt biking and really working to decriminalize the act of like riding a dirt bike. Um, so I encourage you all, if you're having second thoughts or just like, I don't know, then come to the pitch competition. There's also information on our website, which is Baltimore Core. Org. Um, and then we have um, some information on our Facebook page, which is just Baltimore Core, and it's um, questions answered around the application and just questions that people asked in our information sessions. If you feel you didn't get everything you needed to know here, 
Um, and also I'm accessible. So if you just email me at jennifer at baltimorecore.org, I am here for you. Okay. And lastly, the pitch competition, will that be on your Facebook page or will that be on your website? Yes. So that'll be on um, Facebook Live. Facebook Live. Okay. Got it. Got it. So everyone, listen, Elevation Ward, 10, 30, 20, right before Halloween. Okay, Jay. We do have someone, we have someone in the audience listening who has a question. Okay. So, okay. um, Aris, we can't we Hi can't guys, see you. How are you? But you can ask. Go ahead. Can't see you, Aris. It's okay. We can hear you. Okay, it was saying that my thing is disabled. Uh, I tried to put the video on. No, it's um, fine. We're recording, you, so you can just Thank talk. You. Thank you for uh, having me. I really appreciate it. Um, considering you know asking me to listen in, but I wanted to ask: Are the requirements based on just like, is it 501c3 activity or organization, or does that matter? Or does it just, is it based off of you already having worked the one, you know, doing work in the community and you wanting to further the work or new startup ideas, or does it matter? No, so it doesn't, so the last piece of your um, question, no, it doesn't matter if you um, are, already doing the work in the community and want to further that work, no. Um, and two, if this is a startup idea, that's fine as well, either or. I would suggest you can apply. You can apply with both. Like if you wanna apply one application using the, um, the work that you're already doing and then do another application for like the startup idea, you can do that. It just gets a little tricky with your email addresses. So be careful about that. Um, and second, yes, you will have to have a 501c3 or a fiscal sponsor um, in order to receive the funds. Okay, a 501c3 or a fiscal sponsor. Okay, does that fall under you guys once we have become a part of the program or you have to have to have it already in place? So if, if you get selected for the program, we'll certainly um, refer I won't even refer you to people because I, I will give you a, I will make a list of potential um, fiscal sponsors in the city. Um, and then if you know someone that has a 501c3, they could act as a fiscal agent. That gets a little tricky because um, if it's just someone that you maybe kind of trust, but don't really trust, like once we award that money, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's gone. Um, <laughs> not on, uh, so yes, if you get awarded, like you get selected, it's definitely a conversation that we can have around um, what your next move is. Because I don't want people to um, just go out and apply for a 501c3 if they don't feel like that's something that they definitively want. Um, but they're just doing that to secure this $10,000. Right. Okay. Well, if I choose the idea, because I have a few great ideas, and if I choose one of the ideas, then I would definitely choose to go with a 501c3. But the other ideas, it may already fall under the business that I, I currently have. So I may not need the 501c3 for that. So that's why I was asking, because, you know, there are different options, you know, because I do have business, a business open already so i want to know how that would fall but okay and could you put your email in the chat 
Yes. So I can, um, I guess, talk to you personally about some of the other questions that I may have because I don't want to, you know, keep everyone. No, we really we appreciate it. I'm glad that you're listening in live. And also yes. this <clears throat> this recording will be available at blackboxradio.com. Uh, oh, perfect. Uh, so you'll be able to listen back to this uh, a little bit later on so that you can maybe listen to the first part if you missed the beginning of the conversation. Yes, uh, I did. You'll be able to hear the entire interview. Um, and yeah. I don't know if that's a good time for me to transition into that. Um, that's it. We can just Do segue it. in. Uh, let, me thank, out. <laughs> let me thank you, Nigel and Jennifer. It's been a pleasure to have you here. If you're listening now, uh, either live or if you're listening later, you know you can find all the work that we do at blackboxradio.com. That's B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at blackboxradio. And you can find us on Twitter at boxblack. That's B-O-X-X-B-L-A-K. Jennifer, thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate you. All of that information did good. You did really, really good. Nigel, thanks for being the cheerleader and bringing the information. Do, 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 do your job. There you go, bro. That's you. Play, play your position and play it well, you know? Right. Real talk. You are good at it. <laughs> you know your place. I love that. I love that. So I want to say um, thank you guys for all of the information. Thanks for everyone who listened in. Um, I appreciate the grace you guys gave me for being out of town and I appreciate you being with me and um, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is Black Box Radio. It is 10 22 20 and we boxed out and out. Deuces. Can I get them deuces? <laughs>